we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Wake that ass up in the morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the God, Jess Hilarious. We are the Breakfast Club, and we got a special guest in the building. Yes, indeed. We have Ida Rodriguez. Hey, I think I'm, I think I am the the Latin person. What we call now Latin A, Latin X, Latin X, right? I think mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I think I'm the Latin person that's been on the show the most. Mm. This is like my seventh time. Oh, envy, envy, Dominican. I know he on the weekend. On the weekend, Dominican. <laughs> yeah. I think you and Fat Joe. Me and Fat, Fat, well, Joe. Maybe Fat Joe. Yeah, you and Fat Joe. Fat Joe. Fat, Fat Joe. Joe been up here a I lot. I mean, Fat Joe is. Yeah. Joey Crack. You never mm-hmm. not working item. New book, legitimate kid. You know what? I was laughing because she said that um, books are the new disc record. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They and, are. Oh, they yeah. Are. and it is because I'm dissing my mama and daddy in this. Oh, really? Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's right. Jesus. That's different dis. Okay. I'm, I'm holding them accountable, but I'm not. Yeah. Never diss my mom. My mom is my queen. Why'd you yes. call it legitimate kid? Uh, because kids in the in the hood are evil, and when I was little, a kid told me I was a bastard because I didn't have my father's last name. Jesus! And um, I found out what it meant, and then I was I felt less than, and mm. so I went on a journey to find my legitimacy. And I want all mm. the little kids that grow up in the hood that hear this: Your daddy didn't sign your birth certificate. 
that doesn't make you legitimate. That that term comes from prostitution. It has nothing to do with mm-hmm. legitimacy. I mean, with with parental pa- presence in your life, it, it came. You mean the term from, bastard. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that came. Mm-hmm. Being a legitimate came from them saying children that were born to prostitutes were not legitimate. Mm-hmm. But oh, then wow. they weaponized that wow. against people of color, mm-hmm. poor people, and so. I wanted to find out more about myself because that affected the way I dealt with men, mm-hmm. you know, my in my life my, as a mom and all that stuff. And so I wanted to, I want everybody who reads that book to know that they are legitimate. I know you said something yeah. back to the boy, though. What was, the, what was the, the joke back to the boy? You had something for him. Nah, you know, I, you, I, you know my joke. I was, when I was a kid, I was meek. When I was little, yeah. this didn't happen till like, uh, this was in elementary. I didn't get gully till middle school when okay. I started, mm-hmm. you know, Peeping the pro wings. Mm-hmm. You're too young to know what that is. Okay. Pro she wings said, okay, are yeah, the sneakers right. from Payless that the poor people used to wear. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had some Payless sneakers. They was cool. Yeah, that was cool when yeah. you were, not when we was kids. Oh, when we wow. was kids, that was food stamps. Right? You probably had them swagged out though. Yeah, yeah I, I did. Yeah. I cut, I wore the, the flare legs. Nobody could see that they was pay less shoes. <laughs> yeah, so just tip. You could see the tip sticking out. But oh, yeah. <laughs> now talk about the journey of finding your dad and finding your history. So you know what, my uh, I went to the Dominican Republic. I did the documentary that's on HBO. Yep. And uh, my father, you know, when I met my father, my father asked me for money, and it was the that, first. Question? It was not the first question, but it was probably like the fourth. And it was very painful because I was, I just met him. And, um, and you know, I was really upset with him. I dissed him on stage. It was really, yeah. you know, mm. he was, he was DL. I was Monique. Mm-hmm. And mm. it was, it got <laughs> ugly. <laughs> I went in and then I decided to, uh, to really explore what that meant. And my father lives in the Dominican Republic. He's been poor his whole life. And, you know, I, I was looking at it from my perspective. I wanted, I didn't want to hate him. Yeah. I just didn't mm-hmm. want to, I wanted to find love in my heart for him. So I sat down and started exploring all of this stuff. And I was like, yo, he is poor. His child came mm. from America. Not the first, you know, fourth question. You want to know about your daughter, why yeah. she no, wants to know, know about me. Not I got to hey, know the babe. first three questions first. Though. I know. Yo, yeah, hey, what were the, the first, first three questions? <laughs> you know, the first thing he asked me, he asked me about my mom. He asked mm-hmm. me how my mom was doing. Um, mm-hmm. He cried. You know, he asked me about how, you know, how things were going for me. You know, he asked me about me, but mm-hmm. it was just, I was getting ready to leave because I was mm-hmm. only there for two days. And he gave me a hug and then he whispered in my ear, I'm gonna need you to give me some money. And I was devastated. I left, I didn't talk to him for a minute. And um, you know, they had they had mics on me because we were recording a documentary. Mm-hmm. We weren't in production, um, and so all those people heard it, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Ah, oh, they felt bad for me." Yeah. And did you give him money? I did. Mm. <laughs> Why did I know she did? Mm-hmm. I know you did. What's funny yeah. about How that? How much man? was it? Uh, I'm not gonna say that, but it, you know, I just you, it, I I I was paying him to go away at that moment. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'ma just, cause I know he's struggling, but I was like. This is it. This is the cheapest amount of money that I'm gonna give away. Mm. Um, and then I had to go do some work, some inner work. Did you yeah. learn any like? Cause you, did you learn to give grace to your parents, or just realizing they were just human? Yes. Yeah. My mom, absolutely. You know, I, who knows what my daughter and my son are gonna say about me when they, you Facts. know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we mm-hmm. all think we got it right. You think that because you're not yeah. your parents and you're you're That's not right. struggling like your parents were. They uh, they had the best shoes. They, you don't, you never know what what mm-hmm. the kids are gonna say, and so I just 
I learned to, my mom had her first kid when she was 14 and I didn't know that. I found out when I was writing the book and that baby died. Mm-hmm. And the, the father of the baby died playing Russian roulette. What? So, oh, yes. wow. So that was all before I was even born. She was a kid. So I was like, how am I going to sit here and judge my mother? Like, I mm-hmm. mean, you know. Mm-hmm. The traumas and stuff she was dealing with, you, yeah. you know? I was born into it. And yeah. so, and it was generational. My grandmother had her first kid when she was 13. Mm. My mom was sexually abused at home, so she was trying to get out. You know what I mean? Like, I can't do that to her. She's mm. And even still with all of that, she raised four amazing kids. Like, wow. none of us have ever been in trouble. We're all productive. Who does that? You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Ida walked in here and was telling us about an interview she did with Gail King. Oh, man. What did Gail, you say Gail King said to you? Yeah, she said, girl, you've been through some things. You know what is interesting, though? She read the book. Mm-hmm. And I did an interview a couple of days ago with somebody who didn't read the book. And mm-hmm. when I walked in, they were like, girl, your book's so funny. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, see? Damn. That's why I don't. I just respect people that were like, you know, I didn't read it, so tell yeah. me about it. But right. she was like, you so fun. And I was like, ooh. It's not that type of book. Yo, who was that? Yeah. I, who was that? Nah. Do it. <laughs> All right. Well, you know when Jess and I walked in, <laughs> Jess and I walked in and Charlemagne was, was looking at the book and he was very interested in the chapter that said pizza and penis. Yeah. Okay. That was the one that, that he went straight true. to. He went straight to pizza and I, penis. Because I, I wanted to know about Carlos. I heard that was your uncle. I wanted mm-hmm. to know what was up with him. We definitely but, talked about Carlos. Yeah. yeah. Ain't nothing about no pizza and penis. But he, but he saw pizza and penis. He didn't even see pizza. He just saw and penis. <laughs> That's not true. And he was like, I need to ask about this. We need to get into it. You know what's funny? It's (laughs) Gail King was like that. She was like, I I enjoyed this chapter. The chapter is about um, me getting sexually abused. And mm, so mm-hmm. it's I hope not. Y'all feel stupid now. Oh, no, both of y'all feel no. dumb as shit. No, no, no. I thought no, y'all, y'all thought y'all ate with that one. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, I do feel you. stupid. Yeah, good, but shut up. Good. All right, go ahead. <laughs> this is y'all got some good chemistry here. Um, <laughs> it's you know, it was, it was. I was just. I want people to be free. Like I want people mm-hmm. who've been through the stuff I've been through to read this and say I'm gonna be all right. I didn't want. I don't want. I didn't want to do trauma porn. Like it's not yeah. just woe is me. My life has mm-hmm. been bad. It's at every turn is me turning around and say, I'm gonna turn this, I'm gonna flip this into this. And mm-hmm. this is how those things became jokes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you think a comedian can um, even have material without trauma? Um, yes, I think we have a spectrum of comedy and we need, Sinbad was not trauma driven mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. love Sinbad and yeah. undeniably one of the funniest. He's Shout to Sinbad too. Clean, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. he's healing. He's healing mm-hmm. well, yeah. Yeah, clean comedy. I do think so. We need that. We need, all, especially people of color. We can't all be the color purple. Like, right. We mm-hmm. need some right. levity. We need to have comedians who are lighthearted mm-hmm. and do jokes about things. Everybody doesn't have to be deep and you know, that's, that's pretentious. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think some of us need, we need our, we ain't have a Carrot Top. Like, Carrot Top is a millionaire yeah, in yeah, Vegas. Yeah. We've never had a comedian like that that can just be, you know, why we always have to have the burden of walking around being the heaviness. Yeah. In the room. But it's because we black and brown. Like, no, it's, a no, certain, no. it's a certain privilege that comes with being of a Carrot Top. To, you know? Yeah, but we need one. We need somebody walking around with props and shit. Mm-hmm. Just, you know. What if Kevin is, the closest thing we got to Carrot, carrot Top. Kevin Hart? Yeah. No. No. Kevin no. Hart. no. Have you ever been on a Carrot Top show? 
No. Oh. Then, Why would I go to a How you going to compare show? him to Kevin Hart? Because <laughs> no. Kevin Hart talks about his experiences, his, his does, life as well. Does. I'm just talking about like. Man. Yeah, yeah, you got mad. Yeah. You were like, how you gonna compare yeah, Kevin? Man. He got kicked out of a Kevin Hart show. He ever tell you that story? Oh, no, I didn't know Kevin that. kicked his dumb ass out because he recorded. <laughs> he pulled out his I was not recording. Yes, really? he was. But did you get kicked out? I did get kicked out. Okay. I was, um, he was Kevin, trying to bootleg the show. It was not. <laughs> it's not true. It was actually in Philly. Okay. Uh, Kevin, Kevin was performing. Uh-huh. My phone started to ring. Uh, so they tell you in those shows, do not pull your phone out. But, you know, when you got kids, when your phone rings, uh-huh. you pick it up. Yeah. So I went to try to pick it up, like, kind of on the low. Uh-huh. But, you know, the light is bright. Sure did kick my ass out. Good. <laughs> yeah. And Kevin see me getting kicked out, too. <laughs> it was like, I NBC later. Oh, That's right. wow. <laughs> That's right. I have no problem with that. None whatsoever. Wow. Now, now, now talk to us about how, how junkies and prostitutes uh, assisted your mom. My mom uh, was uh, the, the person she was dating at the time beat her. She was pregnant and he mm-hmm. left her for dead in the park um, in Central Park. She was nine months pregnant. And it was the junkies and the and the prostitutes that were around who took her to the hospital Helping. and saved her life. So she's she's my mother is not a respecter of persons. She lives she lives that Bible life. Like she feeds anybody. She will she's all she's she's so wounded, but she'll never forget. She does not look down on anybody. And so mm. we were never allowed to do that. We could never be make fun of somebody because you know whatever it was she'd be right. like don't right. do that she's she will always say it was the prostitutes and the junkies that's what they called them not the people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she was like those are the people who saved your brother's life and so we were raised to just you know that's how we all are all treat everybody with respect mm-hmm. either when this becomes a movie or a miniseries is it gonna be a dramedy or a horror movie what the hell uh, mm. Nah, it's a dramedy. a dramedy. I'm developing a TV show now. No, it's gonna be a dramedy. We gotta laugh at. Yeah. We gotta laugh at yeah. it. Yeah. How difficult was it to write this? It was hard as hell. And how long did it take? Cause I wrote my own book. There's no no ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, mm-hmm. it took me two and a half years. But I've been working on that book for seven years. But you know, you know, like you say, you're gonna write a book, and you think. Cause you got the ideas and you got the yeah. stories, mm-hmm. but when you start writing them down, and that publisher, that editor is like, "I need eighty thousand words." That's right. It becomes <laughs> a whole different. You like, damn, I could just tell you when you write the story down, mm-hmm. it's two pages. You're like, that's it, I got right. it. But now you got to go in and you got to details mm-hmm. and and it was um it was one of the hardest things I ever did. One of the greatest lessons for me not to take anything for granted because you know authors these authors have been real snobby towards me. Like even people of color that I've been, I've reached out to and I've been posting about their books and they all been kind of, kind of like kind of greasy with me. Mm -hmm. And it's because I'm not, I'm a comedian stepping into their world Mm -hmm. and they're like, Mm -hmm. here goes another one. They're going to do a book and then they're going to bounce. And I was like, no, I've been writing my whole life. My Mm standup is writing. My TV shows are writing. You know, this book is writing, the movies I've written. I, I'm, I'm a real writer. I know, yeah. And I don't need y'all validation because mm-hmm. y'all goofy right. for that. But I understand that, you know, they, they do this all day long. And then celebrities will come in, do books. Mm-hmm. They do the press and then they out. They're mm-hmm. like, that's just one more notch on their belt. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't really assume the role of author where I, I, I could write a I could write books until I die. Like mm-hmm. I would like to. So. Was it good therapy or bad therapy? Because you have to relive a lot of the stuff, I'm sure trauma that you had yes. since a kid. So sometimes you like you push it out of your brain so you don't mm-hmm. have to think about it. But when write, when you're writing a book, you gotta dive deep into it. It can't just be like two pages like you said. It was traumatic to relive it, but I needed to do it so I could heal. Like mm-hmm. I needed to forgive so I can move on. Cause you know what? That's the thing about forgiveness is for you. Right. You think it's yeah. for the other person. You, I ain't forgiving them. 
you is what do they say? You know, revenge is like drinking poison and hope, mm-hmm. hoping the enemy dies. I needed to forgive these people, like all of them. My stepfather, the one who got his ass whooped on the bus stop for being racist. Mm-hmm. Like I needed to just let it go, mm-hmm. and I I want somebody else to read it and also let it go, like. Your life can be so great when you forgive somebody. That doesn't mean you got to hang out with them. Right. You don't have to forget. I choose to forget. But it just, I've, it's freedom. I'm realizing forgiveness isn't linear, though. No, it's not. Because you got you to remind yourself, okay, I forgave them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you got to remind. And you got to accept it. Acceptance is probably one of the hardest things we, we deal with. People always say, love yourself, love yourself. Mm-hmm. You can love yourself. Acceptance is where, where we thrive, right. right? Being able to say, I'm okay with the fact that I'm never going to be a size two again. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that, that is freedom for me. Yeah. Instead of, you know, love is beautiful, but love what Tina Turner said, what's love got to do with it? Mm -hmm. I think acceptance has been the greatest journey for me. And yeah, I forgave them people. What did did writing the book teach you about illegitimacy? You know, that illegitimacy and feeling that those feelings of not feeling invalidated are crippling for most people we all battle with it whether it's because you dark dark skin or you don't speak english you got you got an accent you you're in a wheelchair like we all struggle with it um and they can give it a term for every single sector of it but the truth is is that we all battle with it and we cannot give it to somebody else to declare it for us. Mm-hmm. We cannot. That's my favorite scene in Jerry Maguire was when Regina King looked Cuba Gooding in the eye and said, we validate our worth. Mm-hmm. And that was that was like the most powerful thing I had seen at, at that age because I was much younger. You got to validate your own worth. Mm-hmm. In comedy, you know, people are always saying who they think is funny, who is great, who is, you cannot let anybody else tell you who you are. Cause if you let, if you give them the power to feed you, you give them the power to starve you. That's right. mm-hmm. That validation has to come from within. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask, you know, one of the producers after reading the book was like, she has to hate all men. Like damn near <laughs> all men did her dirty in this book. Mm-hmm. So, so how do you feel about men after, you know, them going through the process of a, a lot of men that did you dirty, a lot of men that w- were foul to you? Um, I well, if you read the book, then you would see that I adore my uncles. Uh, my uncle Carlos passed Carlos, away, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and my uncle Raymond. My uncles raised me. My uncles together, they were a transformer. They all got together and they became the father that I needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they used to be hustlers. They were on the streets, but they have always been my heroes. Um, I love men so much. I made a great one. My son is an amazing mm-hmm. human being. Hey. Amazing. And um, I don't hate men. And I hate that the rhetoric, like all of this stuff that goes on on social media with men and women. It is so toxic and unnecessary. It's just divide and conquer just keeps getting deeper and deeper in terms of what happens with our communities. I uphold men and I, you know, I hold them accountable, but I hold women accountable too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not basic. So I don't, I don't delve in that men ain't, you know, it's some men that are trash. It's a bunch of women that are mm-hmm. trash too. <laughs> you know, it's some non-binary people that are trash. <laughs> yeah. Right. So everybody gets it, you know? So uh-uh, I don't hate men. Yeah. I think another thing people will learn from is like, you know, growing up without your father's last name. Yeah. How, how did you feel after your mom told you why? I felt worse because she gave it to me so casually. She was so like cavalier about it, but it was because that was what she knew. She mm-hmm. grew up, she didn't have her father's last name. You know, it was like, ah, it just means you don't have your dad's last name. Like it's all good. It For me, it was a stamp that it made me a victim to, uh, I thought in my head, that means I'm going to get mistreated. People know my mm-hmm. father's not around because my idea of a daddy was protection, 
you know, ex- he was like, yeah, exactly. Yep. You know, you're very good. Mm-hmm. You're, you, 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 I don't know if you are in real life, but on social media, you're a great guy. I am. Because, you know, people allow social media. You know, but you know what I'm saying? No, you know, yeah. people do it all for the, you know, but uh, the, I, my I some idea, Instagram daddies. Some you know, FaceTime fathers. Mm-hmm. That's what I call them Man, FaceTime fathers. Man, I don't, they better be glad I am messy because I, I can put some people on. <laughs> right. I know some some stories, but yeah. the thing was that I thought that because that's what I thought a father was, it mm-hmm. made me feel vulnerable. Like I was like, now anybody can do anything to me, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't true. My grandmother was walking around with that gun, making <laughs> sure that uh, she protected us. Mm-hmm. Ida, man, your story is crazy. <laughs> even 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 having a child, your mom is a hoe, like, oh yeah, cause you know what? That's what kids would do when they when you not they see your Damn. mom in the you know in the mm-hmm. hood is everything is get fair game. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. When you playing them dozens, those kids will be like, that's why your 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 pappy got cancer. Like it's the kids are evil. Oh, you know, well, we went from it was crackhead son. Like yeah. you was a, if you was a child, if your daddy was a crackhead, your mom was like, crackhead son, crackhead daughter. Yeah, that's how mm. we process the pain. That's how we deal yeah. with it. And when somebody said that mama, the, the the creepiest thing about the whole thing was that the girl, the lady who said my mama was a hoe was the biggest hoe on the block. Like That's how you, you know. Really and, yeah. and she was talking about my mom because we, she thought that because her kids had the same father and we didn't, that her she was better than my mom. Mm. And I was like, oh, how sad? Now that I'm an adult, I'm like, what a sad yeah. existence that that's where you pop your collar. Not something you did mm-hmm. positive in the world, but my kids got the same daddy and they got their father's last name. Mm-hmm. So I'm better than you. And I was like, mm. nah, I was, that's when I started snapping. I was right. like, no, she, she's a hoe. Do you believe mm-hmm. in people being hoes? What? Do you believe in people being hoes? Oh. Oh. Well, you know, it depends on who you allow. I mean, I always told my daughter, you determine your hole. Don't you let the streets do it. Yeah. You know what your threshold is. Mm-hmm. If we start allowing, I mean, that's very patriarchal. That's where it's mm-hmm. rooted in. And people, mm-hmm. men get to call women hoes all day long and assess mm-hmm. their value while they out there hoeing. That's right. Spreading mm-hmm. diseases, wow. doing all kinds of stuff. Not all men, but y'all know yeah. mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. So um, do I think, do I believe in the concept of hoe? You know, I think it's nuanced. You know, mm-hmm. do we perpetuate some of that stuff? If we telling little girls that if you have, you don't let nobody take your goods if they're not giving you money, because we like to uphold the, that rhetoric. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then, but that is why little girls volunteer for cartels on the border and say, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to work because I want to have, you know, Gucci or whatever. So mm-hmm. there's a fine line. We need to have honest conversations about that. The terminology of hoe is something I rebuke because it, it comes from toxic men when they are mm-hmm. telling women that they're hoes. Are you willing to turn the the camera onto yourself That's and right. call you a, yourself a hoe? Because mm-hmm. your your value doesn't drop in society like ours does. But you know, I don't I don't know. I mean, we all had our moments where we 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 were a little more playful than, and then our moments where we are a little more dedicated yeah. and serious. And we should be able to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. I believe in the concept of hoeing if it goes both ways. If Absolutely. you if you if you gonna call the guy the hoe for the nasty, and we do it. Like uh, we know some nasty. Mm-hmm. Men hoes? Yes, yeah, some nasty dick. We do too. Yeah. You yeah. know, so if it goes both ways, I believe in the concept. But yeah. if you're only just saying that to a woman, I don't, I don't respect I mean, that. I respect mm-hmm. that. And if, you, if that's what, all things have to be fair. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. love to count women's partners. You'll say, oh, she was with such and such. Yeah. And, but then, right. But then you see the dudes and you're like, but damn, like he's been with everybody. Yeah. You know? But he gets praised for that. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's uh-huh. like, well, you had that, you had her. And then it's like, dang, you you mess with him, 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 and him. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I did. And I don't know, like, do you use condoms with everybody? Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's, mm-hmm. 
it's it's we do yeah so i think that if you're gonna use holes it let it be across the board but if you only you sing that holes out too you can use holes because we use it i mean i'm not gonna come come on up here and act like I'm pious, like I'm some, right. you know, we don't do that. We be calling people hoes too, All but we talk, we, we talk about dudes like we talk about women. Like yeah. we not, we not just sitting here, you know, women love to do that too. Cause women, we, they have socialized us to hate each other. So when we, we mm-hmm. love to call other women, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not like that. Yes, you are. You've had your moments. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. And also the other thing about the hoeing, Nobody would know who's doing what if everybody would just shut the fuck up. Like, how do you even find out a person is a hoe? Yeah. Who's who's the one who's is every guy saying that they slept with this woman? Yeah, you've been there before, probably in your younger South Carolina days. Most of these guys, though. Yeah. You gotta be a guy be lying. Like, yeah. Guys be like, oh, she a hoe, and I'd be like, oh, you hit? No. So how you know? <laughs> my you man know? told her. Yeah, that, my partner you know said. Yeah, it's talked about. Yeah. yeah. But everybody I, just need to shut up. The thing yeah. is, that, like, do you really care? Like, no. honestly, the thing about social media that's really been, my management is always like, you're really terrible at social media. And I mm-hmm. am. But I, I'll say this, like, I'm always watching people, like the people who are like, I'm, I'm letting the haters know, nobody cares. Like, the people, <laughs> the people who are like, I'll show them. Who are you showing? Yeah. The people will look at it, they'll comment, they'll talk about it, and then they move on to the to next, the next thing. thing. Yep. Because they're consuming it like Doritos. They don't care. You put so much effort into shutting your haters down. Yeah. God bless James Hanna, brilliant comedian who passed away. He used to say, people of colors, haters are their imaginary friends. Because <laughs> mm. he was like, they don't exist. That's yeah. right. He was like, it's it's, you know, we put so much we put so much weight on that. Yeah. Do you really care if mm-hmm. some? I don't care who's a hoe. Like mm-hmm. they talk about J Lo all the time, and I'm like, what does it? How does that affect my food? Like how does that affect my my mama? You know, right. I don't give a damn. Like it's it's for it's for a minute, and then you move on. So just remember when you are directing all that energy to the people who you really think you're shutting down, mm-hmm. they don't care. Nobody yeah. cares. That's right. Yeah. Now, now it's almost the holidays. These memoirs cause problems. Oh yeah. <laughs> How did your family feel about you revealing so much in the book? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think the only people who read the book so far are my aunt and uncle, the the normal ones that are in DC. Because uh, half of my family is in Florida, and the other half is in like the DC, Virginia area, in the DMV. Okay, DMV. Yeah, they the normal ones. So they're cool. They all right. Um, I'm gonna read the. I'm gonna sit with my mom and go through the book because mm. I want to make sure oh, that my wow. mom is in. Yeah, I can't. I don't. I don't ever want to demonize her. So mm. I want her to understand where that came from, and mm. I'm gonna read the back first with her because. You know, I give her grace throughout the book, mm-hmm. but yeah. I want her to know that she's still the queen. Wow, are you dreading that conversation? It's still good. Um, it needs to be had. She still has to be accountable. She was still my mom. You know, mm-hmm. like I still did. I, I still went through a lot of stuff in life. You know, as a kid, and she should. You know, she's she said to me, "I'm so sorry for the things that I put you through." I was I was a kid. Um, but you know, I think it's it's a necessary conversation for us to heal. She needs to forgive her mother. She's still mm-hmm. holding on mm-hmm. to things about my grand. And my grandmother's dead. I'm like, bro, you gotta let it go. Like yeah. she's she's gone, mm-hmm. you know. And you just you have to move on. I don't think there's too many things that are more freeing than an apology from your parents. I got it. Mm-hmm. I got That's it. That's why I say I apologize now as mm-hmm. a, as a, as a father to young to my young kids, just yes. because I know how I felt. They never 
hear that from a parent you feel like might have did you dirty yeah and amnesia like my mom used to beat my ass and now when i talk about it she's like i never hit you Mm. and i'm like what (laughs) this is revisionist history at its best she Mm. used to beat my i mean i i she she fractured my ankle. I wrote a, a, a an Damn essay it. in there. She did. My mother was because my mom got hit with an extension cord. Me too. Mm-hmm. So she felt like because she hit us with a belt that it wasn't as bad as, as the bad. extension cord, the ex- uh. and it wasn't. But I was like, yo, and that switch. My grand my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Ah, we used to. And Had so to pick it. that's a that's a people of color thing. And Spanish is called la varita, and it'd be like, mm-hmm. and she go go get the buca tu varita, go get your switch. And that was, there was no winning in that. There was not a switch that didn't hurt, that yeah. didn't exist. Yeah. You know? Jesus. All right, man. The book is out right now. Make sure you get it. We appreciate you for joining us. Yes. Thank you for having me. I appreciate y'all. All what right. else you got coming up, Ida? Because you always working. So mm-hmm. I'm directing another special, a comedy mm-hmm. special. Um, I'm trying to direct as many women of color comedy special because I want them to get out. Marcella's did really well on HBO. I'm doing one um, with Gina Brion. I'm mm. sh- shooting her special in December, mm. and I'm developing two TV shows because I uh, I want to I want to not just work, but I want to be surrounded by people who mm-hmm. look like me, sound like me. You know, people yeah. of color, black people, and I wanna I wanna put some people to work. There you go. So yeah. I'm I'm developing the shows right now, and I'm getting ready to direct this special. Dope. That All is right. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. It's Ida Rodriguez. Go get legitimate kid right now. And it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. And the book is not funny, dummy. Thank that you. Ass up. In the morning. The Breakfast Club. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net.